Welcome to CooperCast Go Ask Al, episode 31. This is your host, Al's emu, John Sachs. We ramble from remembering Bobby Newworth to hanging with Dylan at Woodstock to the great cow encounter on the road with the Blues Project. At the end, Nilly the dog adds a brief canine summation. Changing gears again. Just this week, we heard the news of the passing of Bobby Newworth, who was a close buddy of Dylan and and you back in the day. And I wondered if you had any reminiscences about Bobby Newworth. Well, I think I first met him in the village. I think he was a part of that. Bleecker Street scene. Kettle of Fish? Yeah, exactly. But then when I started working with Bob, he was there. Now, he wasn't... Well, you might not have even noticed, but um, was he at a recording session like like a Rolling Stone? Was he even there, or he was not there? I I wouldn't have known. Yeah, because you were like, yeah. And, I mean, I remember, you know, who replaced him, and, and he's not famous. (laughs) <laughs> Who replaced Newarth? Yeah, in the sense replaced him as as Bob's roadie. Oh, oh, okay. So he was kind. Okay, but he was more than just a roadie. He was a real. Well, there was a person to take care of Bob. Right. Nobody else. Right. Yeah. So that was his job. And right. That was that. You know, as as Bob got more famous, that was a very tough job. I'm sure it was. Even before then, there's a. Newport, there's a documentary about Newport, I think taken in 65, that shows Dylan almost trapped in a car surrounded by fans. It's almost a Beatles level of... of oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I thought you told me the story that you flew out to the West Coast sitting between Bob Dylan and Bob Newworth, and they were giving you all kinds of grief, telling you that the plane was going to crash. Oh, well, I think it was my might have been my first flight. Your first flight, right? Yeah. And that was Newworth and Dylan. Yeah. Tag teaming to give Al Cooper a hard time. Yep. Yeah. And those scenes at the village around the kettle of fish, Newworth was was part of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He did, but he was also a musician of sorts, was he not? I believe so, yeah. He wrote songs. Yeah. But he was willing to put himself aside to be Dylan's guy. Well, that was beyond a full-time job. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I'm just comparing, because, like, I asked you way back. um, However, when they weren't on the road, they were pretty much divorced. Oh, really? Yeah. So North was with Dylan more on the road, not... That's what his job was. Okay. When 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 Bob moved, when uh, Dylan moved to Woodstock, yeah, there wasn't much new earth there at first. Okay. Yeah, I would go there a lot. Yeah. But, but I was invited. Right. And uh, I spent a lot of time there. Yeah. And there, you know, there are a lot of interesting things. It was sort of at the height of pot smoking. Yeah. 
So Bob would rent a movie. I remember Rebel Without a Cause. Yeah. And we would watch it backwards. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff like that. Yeah. You know? And uh, I loved going up there because it was nuts. Yeah. And uh, and I enjoyed that. Yeah. And I, and I and I appreciated the fact that we could see each other outside of mu- you know musically right. outside of working. Yeah. And uh, and and he he was at his height. Yeah. As a, a you know a madman. And so it was great. It was a, a lot of fun. Yeah. And uh, I had a, you know, a bedroom there. Yeah. And it was great. Yeah. So you guys up in uh, Woodstock, you didn't necessarily play that much music, or you? No, no. It was just like hanging. A hang. Yeah. Interesting. I think there were very few people that. Knew him, knew him. Yeah, right. And at that time, I I felt that I knew him. Yeah. And I was flattered. Sure. And uh, and I, I I tried to not abuse that. Right. This was like uh, I am right now. Well, I don't think you're <laughs> abusing it now. No, no, it's so yeah. long ago. It's yeah. like, but I, you're not telling anything that would. No. You're not telling dirt on Dylan. Um, this, but I'm just trying to picture. Was this like um, this had to be after uh, Highway 61 because you only met him doing Highway 61? Right. Was it also uh, leading up to or after Blonde on Blonde? Oh, I think it was before Blonde on Blonde. Okay, so was that period between Highway 61 and Blonde on Blonde? Yeah. I just have this picture of. Uh, I think that's a two-year period. Yeah look it up this picture of Dylan who wanted to be really successful from the beginning and he did but I also have this feeling like it must have been kind of kind of a nightmare to get to the point where he just couldn't walk down the street anymore well I think that probably still exists I'm sure it does so you know that's that's a thing you know I I I used to attribute that to, you know, like Hollywood uh, actors and actresses. Right. But then it happened in rock and roll. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Well, you know, the Beatles, Stones, Dylan. And had, Dylan really wasn't in rock and roll till Highway 61 revisited. Right. Right. It was a folk act. But I, I do remember seeing um, this documentary about Newport. I think '65 were. Oh yeah, that's a famous piece. People are all, the kids are already surrounding him and it's oh like yeah, yeah, freaking yeah. out about him, and he's trapped in this limo. Like, and I just think, well, you know, it's it's funny because um, I don't know if we ever talked about this, but that was um, uh, Newport '65, right? Yep. And um, I wanted to uh, go to that. Yeah, actually, we do. We do have a whole episode about Newport 65, how you oh, okay. went there just to just to be there. Yeah. And they found you in the audience and drummed you and brought you into the... No, I kind of worked my way backstage because I knew everybody. Right. I mean, other than Bob. Right. 
you know all the other folk people I knew I knew them right played on some of their records and right. stuff going back to uh, those times in Woodstock would it be possible for you guys to go out to dinner or would he or would he would he be besieged by people if he went to a restaurant I mean could you guys go out to eat I don't think we did okay I don't think we left the house. Yeah, it was more. That's the minimum. It had become a little insular, and in that it was easier just to not fight with the crowd. The years ago, I had a business in Back Bay, and somebody, said, hey, Dylan's walking down Newbury Street, and I thought of going over, and I thought, well, what the hell am I going to say to him? Just make a fool out of myself, you know? Well, most people didn't think about it. Yeah, they just did. Yeah. And then to a small degree, I, I, I got that in my life. Yeah, sure. Well, you were very recognizable. You were very tall. And Well, if anybody was recognizable, it was Dylan. Yeah, but I mean, but you as Al Cooper and Blues Project, Blood, Sweat, and Tears, you were a recognizable guy. Not not as much as Dylan. No, no. Dylan, Dylan. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, Dylan's in a different category of... Because, you know, in the early days of the Blues Project, we go on a tour and we and uh, uh, we drive. Yeah. Actually, with a roadie would drive. Right. But we were all in a car. The whole with, band. With a trailer, with the instruments <laughs> and stuff. And, and uh, I remember that stuff vividly because it was tough. Uh, I remember once uh, I used to mostly room with uh, Andy yeah. Kohlberg. And, uh, and we were in the middle of nowhere somewhere. Yeah. And uh, and we didn't go to bed till really late. Right. And just at sunrise, we were awakened by... Uh, a cow that stuck his head into the window <laughs> of our room yeah. and mooed. God. And that, and that woke us up. It's a great thing. And uh, and we laughed. And then, then when they had those uh, beds you could put quarters in and it would yeah. massage them. Magic fingers. Then, you know... Uh, Someone would put in some other guy's bed, you know, like 10 quarters <laughs> so that they couldn't sleep. Stuff like that. You know, that's how life was. So you guys are on the road doing a series of concerts. It would be like Friday night and Saturday night. Would you also do any weeknights? Well, we had to drive. Right, but I Sometimes mean, for days to the next one. How... And if you're on the road in those days, how many nights a week would you actually get to perform as opposed to? Probably four or five. Okay. But then we traveled the other days. All the rest of the time you'd drive into the next one. Yeah, like sometimes we'd drive for a day and a half. <sighs> and, you know. And then it would be like an hour or two of setup and an hour or two of playing and then. No, it's. Uh, be set up and then sound check. Yeah. And then playing. Yeah. And then unpacking. Right. And uh, sometimes driving again. Yeah. 
or, you know, going in some motel, like I said, where a cow could stick his head in the window. Yes. It was, it was something. But we were very close at that time. And that's what got us so close was, sure. was that uh, close confinement. Shared experience. Of- yeah. But, I mean, we, you know, we were all jammed in a car. Yeah. Including uh, uh, there were six of us. Six. And those are the days before bucket seats. So you could have three in the front and three in the back. Yeah. <laughs> With no seat belts, no nothing. Uh, it was, it, it was you know, unbelievable. Yeah. This has been Coopercast Go Ask Al, episode 31. Brought to you by a cow in the window. And... You can also submit questions for Al at alcooper.com on the Coopercast page.